0: I began um, in the Midwest, in Kansas City, Missouri, in the United States, and I was watching the dichotomy, like the two parallel paths of race, um, and began to be very concerned about the fact that the role of law in this is really, on one hand, to help, and another hand, it's hand, it's actually oppressing many people, and, and it has oppressed many people for centuries.
1: This year, the United States is marking the 400th anniversary of the arrival of the first group of Africans to the Virginia colony. Uh, Do you think there'll be much
0: to celebrate this year? Well, we're commemorating. 400 years of perseverance. In August of 1619, 20 Africans from Angola arrive into this colony, this English colony. They learn the economy. They learn the um, language, the culture. They learn all of these things, and they actually progress. And then once law then takes effect, and they are enslaved, and from there we have this fight, ongoing fight for 400 years. So there's a lot to commemorate. That perseverance, the resistance, and the sense of family that's been in play for 400 years.
2: It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream.
0: When you talk about black history,
1: uh, you, know, you sort of tell us about untold stories that very few people are aware of. You describe the story of the Queen of Angola, Queen Nzinga, who, who stood up to European colonization while at the same time being a ruthless slave trader, so a bit of a contradiction there. But uh, what is it that inspires you uh, about
0: her story? Well, because she had the option to continue being a slaveholder against her will, she didn't want to, but she would have been a slaveholder. Holder or be enslaved herself, and then she decided that she would fight, that she would not be a slaveholder, that she would fight the um, Portuguese enslavers, and she lived into her 80s fighting them. And so that inspired me. We all have choices: are we going to go along with the program even if it's oppressive to others, or are we going to stand our ground and fight? And she did, and so that really inspired me. Blood on. The- You recently gave a talk uh, here in France about the
1: perseverance uh, of figures like uh, Queen Nzinga who fought relentlessly for their freedom. And you also described another figure, uh, Mum Bet, a former slave and abolitionist uh, who changed her name to Elizabeth Freeman. And uh, you quoted a very famous phrase that she she said. uh, She said that if she could live but one day, as a free person, she would give up her entire life as an enslaved one. Uh, do you think that black people today have, have tasted this freedom that she, that she so craved
0: after? We've not only tasted it, we've luxuriated in it, and to the point where we take it for granted. And freedom isn't free. And so we have to realize that just as Mum Bet became Elizabeth Freeman, by pushing against those who would oppress her, we have to continue pushing forward. We can't sit down and believe that our ancestors fought the battle and that the battle is over. The battle is ongoing. So I think that not only do we have to pay the price for freedom, but we have to pay the price for the freedom to future generations, the same way Elizabeth Freeman paid the price for our freedom to be here right now today. What is the price of freedom? The price of freedom is relentlessly pushing to be more than you were born into so that generations in the future will have more than we have right now, and that they can live their lives, choose their partners, go to work, and, and, and just enjoy life, the pursuit of happiness, without this constant sense of their lesser than or the threat on their lives. And we're living with that today. So many things happen to people of color, in particular those of African descent, that we shouldn't have to bear. But we are because we're freer than we were, but we're not as free as we should be. Coming in uh, yeah. so I'm totally fine, this you know. talk uh, that took place here in France, uh, uh,
1: some members of the audience afterwards shared with you their own story of oppression, uh, very different from this uh, ideal of perseverance, this history of perseverance. And they basically described how in their workplace they still don't get promoted, they still are uh, on the last uh, line of the pecking order. This conference, uh, what was the message that you retained?
2: Struggle. Uh, for me, the message is uh, to struggle, to struggle for our children. And I was amazed to learn that since the 60s, some black were free. And I learned a lot. It was very interesting because I learned that so, so many examples she gave. I didn't know uh, about all these women, all the, the examples she gave. And uh, I, I feel uh, stronger thanks to her. And as she said, the struggle is, is now, and we have to do it for our descendants.
1: And, and you also uh, um, you gave a question after the conference uh, describing your own experience dealing with, with discrimination. Uh, just sort of tell us the challenges you face to living in France as a black woman.
2: I think that first, the struggle is with ourselves. We, black people, have to give us ourselves the right to succeed, the right to apply to some high position in the companies, but it's not easy because our minds are enslaved. When I was younger, always I I was asking, can I do that? Can I do this? And I was always asking me questions, so the first struggle is to... Be free in our minds.
1: Were you surprised by uh, their comments and you know, what do black
0: people here need to do to get ahead? There are so many similarities among the diaspora. And I'm so glad that we're here. As an African American, um, French, whether or not you're Angola or you know a Black Brit, we have so many commonalities that we really need to share these stories because there are people in the United States who have all the education, sometimes more education than their white peers, who are not being promoted. And so we have more because we've been able to gain education we denied generations past. But we've got to fight and we've got to stand up. And so many times we think I'm i don 't want to fight i don 't want to be the one everyone is staring at i don 't want to be ostracized i don 't want to pay the price but someone paid the price for us to be here right now for us to get that education and to live where we want to live for the most part and so we have to be able to sacrifice as well and that means sometimes being on the outs Say it
2: loud. Say it loud.
1: France in the United States have uh, similarities, but also very different uh, experiences of black history and slavery. Do you think France is ready for a,
0: a black empowerment movement? Uh, you know, can that spring up here in France? Well, remember the United States is a land of democratic freedom and France has delayed its civil rights movement by far. Remember, and I don't have to tell you French history, after the revolution, France made a decision to continue slavery. They wanted the income from the colonies. So just like the United States, they continued this sense of oppression. On the one hand, just like the United States, liberty was above all. But then in, in reality, there was still discrimination. And so until you stand up, as Frederick Douglass says, that you know, um, power concedes nothing without demand, are you demanding the freedom? Are you demanding that you be treated fairly? And in, in order to make that demand, that means you have to come together, that you have have to think about how the future should look as a free person in your nation and in both countries you see protests every day people are protesting for higher wages they're protesting for other things why aren't people of african descent protesting something not just against police brutality but for full inclusion
1: i think there's a lot of pressure also on the black diaspora to integrate and assimilate and so perhaps you know they don't want to take that risk because they don't want to be
0: rejected. Well that's why I'm I'm just so proud to be an African American because we've set our sights on freedom and I think other people see African Americans as as people who have fought for their freedom. In a country that would kill you. You know America as we know around the world is a violent place Um, and so when people forced the United States to bear witness to the constitutional freedoms that are there for all people, but were not being given to people of African descent. We force that. And I think that that's what needs to happen in Europe for the African diaspora. Assimilation doesn't mean giving up your soul. Assimilation doesn't mean that you have to be oppressed in order to live where you want to live or to work where you want to work. It means that you can be you and still be among others. And you see other people. The French are, of all people, the French are those everyone in the world knows will stand up for their French culture. And they'll say no matter what else is going on in the world, we will be French. So, why can't you or other people within the African diaspora say, I am proud of my heritage as an African in this country. I'm French, I'm American, I'm whatever, I'm whatever country, but I also believe that that should not keep me from being a part of this society in full measure. And so, those demands, once stated, resonate. You have to speak up because people spoke up for us, and that's why we're here today, to be able to do this program you
1: think also that France's secular model could be uh, an obstacle to this uh, quest for justice and freedom uh, of the black diaspora? Uh, France, for instance, doesn't have a system of quotas. There's no uh, positive discrimination in the workplace, for instance, uh, because France has this principle that, of universalism that everyone is the same.
0: Uh, is that a barrier? Should there be positive discrimination quotas put in place? Well, the United States gave up quotas 30 years ago. So people believe that a affirmative action is quoted in the United States. And I cover the U.S. Supreme Court and I work on constitutional law issues. And so the U.S. Supreme Court said you cannot have quotas. So quotas ended decades ago. We do have what's positive discrimination, as you pointed out, affirmative action, but it's so limited that it rarely exists and it benefits women, white women overall, more than people of color. That's why you see these great strides by white women in the United States more than you see these strides by people of color. And um, you still have the burden, as an African-American woman, of having the burden of sexism and the burden of racism. And you have to be overly educated. You have to work harder. And you might think, well, that's not fair. But life isn't fair. But how unfair should it be? I think that France um, has a system and a thought and a philosophy that sometimes is not um, in line with the practical reality of life as a person of color living in France. And I've had many of my own situations in France you know visiting and then once they hear that I'm American they treat me a little differently because you know African-Americans have a reputation of standing up no matter where they are.
1: (laughs) 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 Yes and unfortunately what comes to mind is the, uh, the treatment that was meted out to Michelle Obama,
0: you know she was depicted and portrayed as an angry black woman totally unfair and unrealistic, but it was somebody wanted to grapple, they wanted to take that on and there 's just this idea that they they know us, but they don 't because um, there are so many people of African descent. Around the world who have a cultural sense of themselves that they can't really share with other people because they're trying so hard to assimilate. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that it's proper or wise to give up your soul for assimilation. I don't think that was the price and I don't think that's the price other people are paying in order to go to work or to have a family or live where they want to live or or go to university. So I think France needs to have a civil rights movement and I think the the spirit that comes from gaining your freedom, fighting fighting for your freedom, not waiting until it's handed down to you or trickles down to you, I think that is something that is so powerful for the spirit and so necessary.
2: I know a change gonna come, oh yes it will, it's been two